0: You are listening to Keystone's Stock Talk Podcast, episode 31. We have another busy show for, planned for you this week. We start off by looking into what has been a busy year in terms of M&A or merger and acquisition activity in the Canadian small cap market. In fact, three stocks from our focus buy list and three from our additional coverage have been bought out year to date. We discuss whether this is a sign of an overheated market, why these specific stocks are being bought for big premiums, and if there are further opportunities in this overheated market. In our Your Stock, Our Take segment, we take a question from a listener about U.S. penny stock, American Green Inc. Its symbol is ERBB on the OTC markets. The company is recently announcing they are building an entire town in California based on marijuana. Interesting. Is it a buy, sell, or hold? Our star of the week is Nelson, B.C.-based Pacific Insight Electronics Corp., symbol PIH, on the TSX, an ambient and direct LED light maker for the automotive industry, which jumped 76% this last week after it announced the company was to be acquired. Finally, our dog of the week is Sleep Country Canada, ZZZ Z, Z on the TSX is its symbol, appropriately named. The well-known mattress seller, which had been a star performer since its recent re-IPO, dropped 10% yesterday on the heels of a mixed Q, set of Q2 numbers that brought sleep, sleep Country's premium valuations into question. Now, if this is your first time listening, then thanks for stopping by. This podcast is produced every week for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at www.keystocks.com. Com. We can encourage you to come back often and feel free to add our podcast to your favorite RSS feed or on iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter, at Keystocks, and on Facebook. Now let's dig into the show. I would again like to welcome my co-host, Keystone Senior Equity Analyst, a father of one, and a man who was shocked, or who did shock, the Twitter sphere last week by not sending out his first tweet. Mr. Aaron Dunn? Shocking. You are a shocking guy. Although That's nobody true.
1: who actually knows me was shocked.
0: And your followers, not not so shocked. Not <laughs> at sure. all. I'm sure. No, no. Uh, I, I agree. Uh, we'll get on Twitter someday, but not, we're not there yet. Now let's talk M&A activity. Specifically, uh, we're going to talk about some small cap merger and acquisition activity that we've seen in 2017 year to date. What has prompted this, um, us talking about this, uh, is there was another takeover bid this week for a company called Pacific Insight Electronics Corp., PIH, on the TSX. It'll be our star this week. It is from Keystone's small cap additional coverage. Uh, The company received a premium takeover bid, a 75% premium to where it was trading uh, earlier this week. Other takeover bids. Now we've discussed them here, and they're starting to really add up. International Road Dynamics uh, (IRD) on the TSX was taken over earlier in the year uh, for a, a strong premium. That's a, a company from our Focus buy portfolio. Sandvine. We've spoken about a number of times. A 50% premium, uh, our 50% gain that we uh, that we ended up uh, having in that stock. Maris Labs is another company that was taken over for a, a strong premium this year. Takeovers from our additional coverage would be I W G Technologies. I W G was taken over for an above a 60% premium, and again Pacific Insights, uh, just this just this week for a 75% premium. Now there are a lot of factors at pay, play here, but there's three factors that I see influencing. Uh, this plethora of uh, of activity in the small cap uh, segment of the market. Now, the first would be interest rates, interest rate hikes, or the potential there has spurred offers. See, cash is still cheap to finance acquisitions, but the fear is that it could become more expensive if rates continue to move higher. So groups that are looking to make an acquisition may be pushed to do so sooner rather than later. Uh, near-term and activity increases as a result of this. Now, it's kind of like when you're pre-approved pre-appro- for a mortgage, uh, you have that cash sitting there, and the, r- the rate hikes are going up, or you're looking at interest rates go up in the future, you may be more likely to go out there and buy a house uh, rather than face a potential, locking into a- at a higher rate. Now, the the second factor would be the rise of private equity. If with its greater pro- popularity, a number of funds are flush with cash, and on the hunt for acquisition targets, that cash has to find a home. Uh, in, in the past, we've seen cycles uh, where, where there's higher levels of merger and acquisition activity. Uh, about 10 years ago, or you know, 8 to 10 years ago now, companies in our coverage included Sleep Country and GDI Integrated Facilities Services. Sleep Country, we're going to talk about today. GDI is one of the largest janitorial service companies in Canada. Both of these companies were bought out at strong premiums by private equity at, at what we'd call somewhat opportune times and taken private. Only five or ten years in the future, again, to be taken public again. They go public. They kind of Private equity comes in, levers up the companies, uh, increases sales, uh, potentially cuts costs, polishes up that company, and uh, IPOs the company and cashes out at that point. We're seeing that cycle potentially repeating itself once again. Sandvine is a company that I could see five, ten years from now when its market segment is hotter, potentially, as the market goes in cycles and markets go in cycles generally, it comes back onto the market uh, combined with another company and uh, is sold to the market again and the private equity uh, cashes out. The third factor I would look at is we've just generally seen strong U.S. markets for almost five years now. Companies are generally flush with cash, whether they be public or private. This just creates more M&A activity and investors feeling good about themselves. It also could suggest you are in the later innings of a bull market, you typically see more greed than fear at this point, so uh, people are a little looser with their cash and out there spending more. Now, here would be my takeaways from this: you can definitely profit from these bids, but uh, and you should all make sure the bid is is a good price. So number two would be make sure you, the bid you are getting, uh, or or the company is tendering for your shares, it as is at a fair price. Now. Earlier in this year, we had a takeover from International Road Dynamics. We reviewed the bid and thought it was very fair, uh, more than fair, in fact, and we immediately recommended that our clients tender to that offer. Uh, The same type of takeover happened with and occurred with Sandvine. Now, we did not believe that was a fair price, so we recommended holding the shares and uh, we anticipated competing offers, and we actually saw that. Now, that is more rare, uh, but we did see Sandvine being sold at, at, a, at a real discount to what the true value was. So uh, there was two uh, subsequent bids, so we held the stock at that point. So you got you to, gotta, if you, one of the companies you own has a takeover bid coming in, make sure you have somebody looking at it uh, to see if that bid is at a fair price. Now the most important takeaway really here is we would never buy a stock just because you believe or have heard it is a takeover target. Buy it because it's a great business, trading at cheap or even reasonable valuations. Uh, If you buy it at these prices, the rest, including takeover bids, will take care of themselves over time. If you buy it just for a potential takeover, you may be waiting years, if not decades. And if it's not a big, good business that you've bought, you're probably not in a good position over that time.
1: That's really well said, Ryan. And I know, obviously, you know better than anybody that Keystone has had its fair share of of companies, recommended companies, being being acquired over the years. Um, wh- one thing that I've I, I just wanted to point out that that I've noticed is typically I find that when companies are being acquired, when there's a, a lot of acquisition activity out in the market, it really is more, it's, it's really more of a commentary on what's happening with the acquirers as opposed to the situation with the companies being acquired. So you would think that when valuations are really cheap, that that would be a period of time where you would see a, a lot of acquisition activity. However, generally that's not actually the case. We generally see more of it when valuations are higher. And it's not necessarily that higher valuations are driving this activity, but more so I would say that cheap sources of capital are, are driving the ability of other companies to, to make acquisitions. Um, and cheap sources of capital often also result in higher valuations in the market because you have – you have investors with greater greater ability to to make purchases, but you, you absolutely hit the nail on the head there when you said you don't buy a company just based on the expectation that that it's going to be acquired because it's 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 very difficult thing to predict. Um, but there's certainly situations out there where you can purchase a company and be pretty happy owning that company over five plus year period because it's a, a good solid cash flow generating business. But you also see that big upside at any point in that period where, where it could be acquired or taken private. And and I think for a lot of investors, that really is the golden ultimate reward is you buy a company, um, some other large company or institution recognizes that value that you recognized and then rewards you, validates your, your analysis and rewards you financially with, with a big premium.
0: Yeah, and, and I think I'm going to throw accolades back at you because that is such a great point to bring up that uh, it, it is more a commentary on uh, the the financial strength of the companies who are doing the acquiring. Uh, and the flip side is in a downturn, uh, we where we are issuing more buys, there's, you know, especially even in the financial crisis that we saw back in 2008, 2009, um there was limited M and A activity at that point when when assets were just on sale, but uh, you know the acquirers didn't we either. There's too much fear at that time, or they they don't have the capital, or they don't have the access to capital to make those acquisitions. When those that is the exact right time to make, be making the acquisitions. And in fact, at that time we were screaming to uh you know other companies to to take a look at these small cap situations to take a look at these value situations as buys but sometimes it falls on deaf ears at those times but now when uh, you know the, the markets have you know in the u.s you look at five you know good strong years a great year last year a good start to this year obviously um uh everybody's all ears what can i buy what can i buy and you know it it on the flip side, it probably indicates you're getting closer to a top than certainly than you are to a bottom at this point.
1: Oh, absolutely. People they love to buy when the market's high, and they're they're afraid to buy when it's low. And and really, long term, it's it's the exact opposite that yeah. is generally <laughs> results in much more success. And you know, I'll, I'll add to you, this is where this is where people like Warren Buffett, investors like Warren yeah. Buffett, really have yeah. a great competitive advantage because they have that capital available when the market is 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 in a downturn when valuations are low or say after a financial crisis they they have the ability to go out and make those purchases and you know one of the reasons why valuations are often low in in a downturn is because there's just not a lot of capital out there to make purchases with
0: yeah and that, that's the, why also we like companies with cash in the bank particularly in the small cap area where it can be very volatile if that company does have cash there. Even, they can even fall into an acquisition if it's sitting on the balance sheet or they've been creating cash and there is a downturn uh, you can buy companies for pennies on the dollar whereas in, in good times you may have to buy them at, at severe premiums so uh, you may have to it may take longer at times for these companies to uh, be recognized by the market but you know a good solid balance sheet helps them in in downtimes too. you got to love net cash so- in the bank? I, yes, I in, in my bank or in the companies I invest in, for <laughs> sure, yes. Now, we're going to look at our Your Stock, Our Take segment. Uh, it's an interesting company this week. We have a question from Sam in Victoria, who's a listener. Thank you, Sam. Um, it's on American Green, Inc., ERBB on the OTC markets. Aaron, I'm going to let you take that one.
1: Sure. So uh, the question, what is your take on American Green, Inc. I read that they're building an entire town in California based on marijuana. Could this be a good move for investors? Thank you so much for your question, Sam. Because I, I actually are, are found they it. building
0: it out of? Are they building it out of marijuana with hemp? Or, or, <laughs> there not may sure, be a sure. section of
1: we're... the town that they're actually building literally <laughs> out of marijuana. I'm not sure. Yeah, not a lot of details so. provided yet. But I'll just say to Sam that I, I definitely found it entertaining to uh, to look into this in into this company. So the short short answer to your question our take on american green is that it is not it is not an investable company for us uh, i had to do a double take on the the share price and the share account so it trades at 0.17 cents per share so that's 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 1/17th of 1 cent <sighs> i'm not sure if i've ever seen a share price that low before i can Pretty much guaranteed I've her- that I've never seen a share count this high. They have over 13 billion shares outstanding right now. So that just to put that into perspective, that's more than Apple and Microsoft combined, two of the most uh, highly valued companies in the world. So this is that's also impressive.
0: sorry, Ryan? That's impressive. Yeah, that's impressive that they I, could I, get I that have money. never, I mean, we've been around. Because somebody this has game to sell a those shares, now. right? Yeah, yeah. We' <laughs> We've been around yeah that's what I was gonna say but we've been around and I have not seen that often but yeah I I somebody at some point has issued and sold those shares 13 and billion uh, it's of impressive them. they've been able to keep selling those to the market it
1: is it is uh, so it's the, the company, kind of very impressive Sorry. the company's also on the pink sheets so the pink sheets is the is has the lowest disclosure requirements of all of the OTC's three markets so the OTC in general over the counter is uh, is, is definitely considered to be higher risk, even even at, even at its highest quality market. Um, but the, the pink sheet is, is, is the lowest quality. And, and in, the, in the OTC's own website, they refer to the pink sheets as having no minimum financial standards. So we generally avoid pink sheet companies at all costs. So you are correct, Sam that, that recently the company did make public or it was made public that the company is in talks to buy a town in California. and presumably this is with the intention of turning the town into some type of a marijuana tourist destination. And so the idea here uh, has definitely has some promise, I suppose. I, I do not know of any other marijuana themed towns. So I'm sure if they built one and they built it right, then it would attract it would attract customers. But personally, I have no confidence in this particular company's ability to pull this off financially. Looking at the financial statements, they have essentially are making no money right now. $9,000 in revenue in the last quarter. Last year, they reported $370,000 in revenue for the entire year, but lost $2.7 million. They've reported more than $10 million of net losses over the past three years. And in terms of, of of the balance sheet, they have less than two hundred thousand in cash on the balance sheet. They have seven hundred thousand in debt. So from what I can see, this company has very little in the form of financial resources to turn this idea into a reality. Uh, and and I would not touch it for a number of reasons.
0: Yeah, I guess if you build it, though, they they will come. Yeah, but, but it um, costs money
1: to build it. That's the
0: problem. Yeah, yeah, and and it's it's the f on the way there, they may get lost and they may have trouble seeing it through the haze. But the marijuana culture is definitely, um, I mean, I, no, no, all kidding aside, they, uh, they believe in uh, cannabis and, uh, and um, if it was potentially built, uh, you know, they would come. But that is such a big if. And looking at this company and looking at the past history, uh, it's just one that, it's not investable for us. No, right. no, no. So let's move on to our star of the week. From our Stars and Dogs segment, it's time for this week's Star. And we alluded to this already. It's Pacific Insight Electronics, PIH, on the TSX. This company was highlighted last year in our Canadian Breakthrough Small Cap Report. Specific Insight designs, develops, and manufactures electronics products and full-service solutions for the automotive. It's primarily the automotive market that they service, and its products include LED lighting systems, electronic control modules, and wire harnesses. Is kind of a legacy business. It provides some of the interior lighting, the LED-based LED-based ambient and direct lighting for Tesla. The stock was up 76% this week. Well, what drove the gains on August 1st? Pacific Insight announced it would be acquired by Method Electronics at a price of $18.50. This represented a almost a 75% premium based on the closing price on July 31st and a 79% premium over its, over its 20-day TSX weighted average price. Uh, All outstanding options and warrants will also be acquired, so the company will be bought completely for cash. Uh, Our take, it's very simple here. For holders, we would recommend tendering shares to the offer as we see it as fair value, reasonable value. It is always possible, but we don't see a scenario developing with competing bids, such as I mentioned we witnessed with Sandvine Corporation uh, just over the past month. Now, it's a great return, and Perhaps most importantly, it brings this company into the coveted status of our star of the week.
1: Ron, I know the two of us we, we looked at at Pacific Insight several times and they've they had some good quarters. Valuation, I believe, was was pretty good, but it was good. Yeah. we had some concerns just that that there seemed to be some fluctuation from quarter to quarter year to year and it was just very difficult. It was a difficult situation to really visualize and see where where earnings were heading.
0: Yeah, I mean, and and they, you know, I think the valuations were were very attractive on the company. Near term, there wasn't the growth that we were seeing uh, that had seen in the previous year, so we held off. Uh, we're glad to see anybody who had purchased it. Uh, that, that's a great return there. Um, management had been very quiet of late uh, at the company. Uh, perhaps they were working on a takeover bid, which it looks like uh, it looks like is going to come to fruition here. Our stars and dog segment it's time for this week's dog now our dog of the week is uh, sleep country canada symbol appropriately a zzz Z. Uh, aaron's gonna take that one
1: sure sleep country canada trades at $35 a share today Company also pays a dividend; yields just under two percent. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be honest. It saddens me a little bit to actually to, to have Sleep Country as a dog. I don't think it's a dog of a company, but it, it did have a rough week. We actually recommended this company way back, uh, I believe, 2005, 2006, when it was an income trust, and it provided an amazing return back then. It was eventually required, acquired, and and taken private at a big premium. And as Ryan discussed really briefly at the start of the podcast. Um, The company returned to the public markets with the IPO initial public offering in July 2015, and since then the share price has increased over 130%, so great performance. Obviously, we've been following sleep countries closely since it returned to the market, but the issue for us over the past couple of years here, year and a half, is, is the valuation was too high it's it's pretty much been up around 30 times earnings valuation priced earnings valuation of 30 times or more roughly, um, but now the stock is down almost 15 percent from its high in early July and it dropped nearly 10 percent just yesterday after the release of its Q2 financial results. So the Q2 results in the Q2 results revenues increased 10.7 percent to 133 million. Same-store sales growth was 7.5% for the quarter and adjusted earnings per share increased 18.5% to $0.32. This might be a little confusing for some investors. Why would a highly touted and successful company that just reported double-digit revenue and earnings growth decline by almost 10% on a single day after those results were released? Well, the answer is is valuation. So at Keystone, we talk a lot about valuation risk, and this this is a good example of that. When a company is trading at a high valuation multiple, say 30 times earnings, 40 times earnings, there's a certain expectation that the market has for that company with respect to growth. So to maintain that high valuation, the company has to continue not just to grow and put out good results, but it has to meet the market's expectations on the rate of that growth. So while Sleep Country's growth rates for Q2 look good at face value, They're less impressive when they're viewed alongside the Q1 results where revenue growth was 16%, same-store sales growth was 12%, and adjusted earnings per share increased by more than 42%. Or even the 2016 financial results where revenues grew 14%, same-store sales were 9.6%, and adjusted earnings were up 36%. While the Q2 results were strong, they just weren't strong enough. And this is a key reason why growth and value investors like Keystone are very price sensitive when we're buying or recommending stocks. We prefer situations where the company has a better potential to outperform the market's expectations and whereby the valuation can increase and the share price can rise both from a higher valuation to earnings and higher earnings. All the set, I do believe that Sleep Country is an excellent company. The valuation is starting to look better at about twenty-five times earnings right now, and it is—it is a story that we're watching closely.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it's—it's a—I think it's a good company, but it's a great illustration, and I think that really serves to illustrate the, the way that we would look at a company, and, and you know the way the market looks, uh, deceleration in earnings is, or even growth, uh, is just not looked at fondly by the markets and, and when a company is trading at relative premium multi- multiples even a good company can you know get a haircut and and we saw that from sleep country and that's what makes it painfully our dog of the week but I, and i think that we will be monitoring this company because we think it's a good business uh, we've bought it in the past uh, and in, uh, it was subject to one of those takeover bids that we spoke about earlier and uh we will continue to monitor it. And if it came on sale, uh, Aaron may even look at buying it again uh, for the income uh, clients in our, uh, in our coverage.
1: Absolutely a consideration.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, I g- I'd like to thank you again, Aaron, for uh, co-hosting with me again this week. Uh, I'd like to remind everybody to keep sending your questions in for our Your Stock, Our Take segment. And uh, follow us and like us on Facebook and on Twitter, and again, Profitable Investing.
1: Profitable Investing.